previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Um, I, I told you Revelation might creep in because this is this is the last this is my last class today for the semester. Right. And we teach um, we build we build toward the end. Okay. Sure. So we build, and when the last thing we study is Revelation five. So we go out on a high note. It's like that's a that's a good passage. It's like Karate Kid. Yeah. It ends. It ends real on a high note. You know. Instead of, you know... Revelation ends hugging Mr. Miyagi. Well, instead of Mr. Miyagi smiling and everyone worshiping Daniel-san, uh, it's all, it's all try, you know, because he won the, what, the All-Valley Karate. The All-Valley Karate, <laughs> all karate Company. I'm talking about uh, karate, uh, karate Kid 1, of the, course. The original. Yeah, not, right. not yeah, any subsequence. Right. Yeah. But it, it ends with all creation, all everything in creation, all humanity, all creatures worshiping uh, God and the Lamb. So the lamb is on the throne. The lamb is on the throne. The lion is not on the throne. No, the lion is never heard from again. I say, which is, how do we understand the relationship between these? My last class went, they took the Narnia route. He's like, he's lying. He's like, he's like, uh, Aslan. Aslan. Yes. He's no, he's not like, he's not like Aslan. It sounds like Liam Neeson. I said, who, who, who's worshiped? Is the lion worshiped? And a lot of them were hesitant. And I'm thinking, yeah, okay. In a, in a lot of churches, yes, the lion is yeah, worshipped. Yeah. In Corinth, the lion would be worshipped. Okay. Okay. They want to worship a lion. They don't mm-hmm. want to worship a, a slain lamb. A slain, broken, tiny yeah. little lambkin. Right. right. Yeah. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. This week's episode, Abba, Lobster Fisherman and Dude Ranch Humor. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Robert Wallace. I'm Michael McKeever. And we are in our fifth week of, of Epiphany. Wow. Not, not the presentation of Jesus in the temple, as some people might think if they were preparing. <laughs> That's right. Like We didn't s- show up with the same text, but <laughs> <laughs> so we've come to an agreement. The old Victor Borga line when the accompaniment is talking to the performer, he says, uh, which song should I sing? He said, well, sing the one you like the most, because I'm going to play the one I like the most. <laughs> so... That's what we're going to do here today. But we, it's like we, the we're, Dude Ranch. We've gotten on the the Dude Ranch. You know that one? I don't know that one. It's like the guy's welcoming people to the Dude Ranch. He says, welcome to the Dude Ranch. Uh, don't worry if you've never been to a Dude Ranch before. It's like, uh, we've got a horse for everyone. If you're a big guy, we got big horses. And you're a little guy, we got little horses. And if you've never ridden a horse before, we've got horses that have never been ridden before. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dude Ranch humor. You know, they say that for podcasts, that nothing is a win. <laughs> like more, more dude ranch humor is what I've been getting on the comments. So Start strong. Yeah. <laughs> We're starting strong this week. So it's winter and wow. still the middle of winter. Is there anything about winter you like, Mike? It Mike, Mike you are from California originally, right? Really, really is, cold is today. Is there anything that you like? I, it was minus four with the wind chill this morning. Yeah, that's not and one of the things I, you like, though. I gave a uh, final, and I said, take out, take everything off your desk, and if you started a fire to, to, <laughs> to stay warm, please extinguish that. <laughs> Can't have anything on you. So there's nothing. Uh, the whole the whole discussion of it being a wonderland might be overstated. Okay. All right. So for you, it's you you would prefer the, the less verdant, yard work, verdant valleys, and, uh, yeah. and you know. Yeah, peace. I okay. like the uh, I like the uh, epiphany lights and decorations, but other than that, the epiphany lights, yeah, who who, right. who doesn't who love doesn't? getting out to visit yeah. everyone's epiphany lights? Right. We're really just Christmas lights that no one had taken down. That's so. right, that's me. That is me. Until it's April and warm enough to go outside. Exactly, they're up. Well, we have four texts again: Isaiah fifty-eight and Psalm one twelve and First Corinthians two, and we're going to continue on in the Sermon on the Mount. So yes. That no, should be. Seemed, Jesus seemed to be serious about. He's on that. a roll. Jesus, he got more? going. There's more after the. <laughs> I mean, really, Jesus, the Beatitudes covered everything, didn't they? No, not yet. Hmm. Good, good stuff. So, where do you want to start? You're reading right. the Old Testament uh, passages. So. Well, I think I'll start with the prophet. Okay, Isaiah. All right, Isaiah 58, one through. We're going to go all the way to twelve. It's nine to twelve, or in parentheses. Uh, yeah, go. Yeah, Isaiah. go ahead and read through Why twelve. Okay. Why not? I think the internet has more, room. More Bibles, not, okay. not bad. Isaiah 58. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. 
Why do you fast, but you do not see? Why, why, hum- why oh. do we fast? Why do we fast, but you do not see? Yeah. Why humble ourselves, but you... Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is not the share, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness, and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. Wow. That's some good stuff there, Isaiah. <laughs> that is good stuff. That is good stuff. Nothing about a servant in there. No, thank, no. We've talked a lot about the servant, no. but no, nothing this week. Yeah, this is this is in um, really the third section of Isaiah. You can break Isaiah up pretty effectively into three sections. In fact, so much so that you'll sometimes hear scholars talk about first Isaiah and second Isaiah and third Isaiah. Um, I'm not one of those scholars. I, oh, I'm. I'm just. I usually talk about Isaiah uh, when I talk about this, but um, it's a. Um, but it is helpful because you are addressing it. it I, I'm. I'm not going to call them first and second, third Isaiah, but I am going to say they're addressing three different occasions. Okay. You do have three different times. You have right. the eighth century in Isaiah, which is chapters one to thirty-nine. And then you have the 6th century, which is sort of 40 to 50, uh, 55, 56. And then you have the last 10 chapters, which are a little bit later, probably okay. 100 years later. Fast maybe. forward. Um, and so this is in that third section. So this okay. is, you know, that second section where we're desperate to come out of exile. We're desperate to be restored. We're desperate to come out of Babylon and, and get our temple back and have that servant and find restoration. The third section is usually thought to be after they've been delivered. They're back in the land, and they're practicing their religion again. And and so they're this this is now oh, yeah. a speaking into that time as a condemnation on your form is fine, mm-hmm. right? You know you're doing fine. You're yeah. fasting. You're you know worshiping all of that, but but you're missing the point. That, that you're not actually. What is it you say? You say you might not look like I'm a, a, a green. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I always joke that that uh, that. Yeah, I always say that I agree with you. Now let me list the ways in which my agreement might not, might be, not immediately be immediately manifest. Immediately. <laughs> so, so this is this is. You're 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 doing the form right, but you totally missed the point. Okay. That that you know it's not the fast that I want. Uh, you know, loose the bonds of injustice, the the thong, you know, let the the oppressed go free to to give bread to the hungry, to welcome the you know poor and homeless. We, again, we're, we're in Micah six again, right? What does yeah. the Lord require? Mm-hmm. Do justice, love, love mercy. What sacrifices would be right. impressive? Well, you, you yeah. people haven't learned. Now, three hundred years later, we're still having the same problem. Yeah, that you, the form of your religion is fine. Your worship looks okay, but. In 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 the in the formal expressions of worship, but the point of this is not that that you're that you're 
form is right, but that actually people are experiencing the glory of the Lord, which is not happening. Right. So you're getting to some some more fundamental principles that mm-hmm. they're missing. Mm-hmm. I think that is a common theme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in some of our readings today. Oh, it is. I yeah. think so. As you go further in the is. Sermon on the Mount, I think that's. I'll have to ask you questions about, you know, he's talking about fulfilling the law and uh, mm-hmm. not abolishing the law, but fulfilling the law. And so, right. So I think that's a common pairing here with Isaiah. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, sure. I love 59.9. Anytime in the Old Testament I see here I am, I just, I love that because that is a common response from the people to God. God would say, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham says, here I am. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Moses, and Moses says, here I am. And and um, all, all these cries, there's a couple of others that I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Samuel. Samuel, that's right, here I am. Uh, and it's usually a, a right before a mission, right? It's just right a before call. a call of yeah. some sort, yeah. yeah. And, and so here, um, God is the one who says, here I am. When, when, when you need help, when, okay. you know, when your life yeah. is reflecting yeah. justice, right. then you call out to me and I answer you. Here yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. which is, I just think that's, it's like, it's, if we take it, that sense of its call, then hmm. God is sort of saying that this is, you know, this is my call is oh. to bring yeah. justice yeah. And, and lift okay. people up. And yeah, that, that sense of justice is, I just think that's neat. Um, but I always do. I also love that because it reminds me of, of my youngest child who, when he first learned to talk and walk, whenever he would enter a room, he would announce, <laughs> here I am, every time he would enter a room. Now, with this child, this is good information because he, he was the one who uh, was dancing in the backyard when we didn't realize it, climbed okay. the bookshelf. He, at one point, would um, climb up on the back of the couch and stand there, and I said, Thomas, get down from there. And he would leap forward off of the top oh of the couch so that his butt would hit the front cushion oh, of the that. couch and then, le- you yeah. know, trampoline him onto his feet. And I, I, was, I always said to Cindy, <laughs> how in the world do you punish someone who can obey you with that kind of style? You know, I mean, that's just <laughs> obey with a flourish. That is, that is absolutely impressive. But he would. Here I am. So anytime I read these passages, I always hear. God or Abraham or something. Here I am. He still uh, has that good self-esteem. As he announced it. Oh, what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's doing all right. They're, they're, they're teenagers now. So, yeah, you deal with that. But yeah. anyway, back to Isaiah. Yeah. I, again, it, it just takes me back to how how many times when I was in church and I always heard people say something like, well, you know, in the Old Testament, the Jews are under the law. And in the New Testament, they're under grace. And you had to earn your way to, to heaven in the Old Testament. Right. And and it's all legalistic religion in the Old Testament. And it's that thing, when someone says that to me, the one thing I'm certain of is they never read the Old Testament, yeah. right? Because all throughout the Old Testament, God is condemning the legalism, condemning yeah. these people who get the yeah. form and look religious, mm-hmm. but whose lives don't actually have, don't look like justice, whether it's Amos or Isaiah or Micah. Well, that's you know. when I start. When I start Paul, or I start the New Testament. I say, let's deal with some caricatures we all carry around, right? And that's even right. even people who coming out of your class sometimes. Oh, you know, they forget. That makes me sad. Well, no, I mean, I don't grill them on that, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a challenge to to fight against that. Even though the yeah. Bible is full of examples that run counter that caricature. We're just two lone voices in the wilderness. Yeah. Well, Ryan. see, it's too bad we're not doing Malachi now, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. That was the alternative. Text. It was. It was a really good text we didn't get to. Yeah. That, that you might have heard on presentation, the presentation of the, the Lord. The presentation of the Lord Sunday if or you, Thursday when you, you all, when you all went to church on Thursday. <laughs> For that. <laughs> yeah. So we don't need to rehash those texts. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is going to... Uh, be helpful, I think, when we read the next section of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. When Jesus says he hasn't come to abolish, but to fulfill the, right. the law. Well, and, and I know. think part of that is that God's point is this is what Torah was supposed to be about. Right. You know, that the, these these rules that they're thinking of weren't rules. They were instructions for how you take care of the orphan and the widow and place limits on vengeance and, and, and make, you know, reveal a little bit of what the character of God is. Right. A people of his character. Yes. Right. That's what he's after. Yeah. yeah he's and then, about- then your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. Then good things will happen to you. God will 
satisfy you continually. And yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, it's not all about lists and checking boxes. That's you that's kind of get that, a little down. bit of that vibe here from Isaiah. Yeah, that I really, really, you're gonna fast, really. Yeah. Why are you fasting? Does it help? To you know, are you feeding the hungry? Seriously. Are you are you bringing the poor into your home? Were you covering the naked? I w- was. You were going through this list. I was reminded, and I don't know where, but this list is echoed someplace. Yes, I mean. Oh, these I mean, are the, first. I was thinking of the Matthew twenty-five, uh, but well, it sounds like James also. Okay, you know, and they see okay. the naked and and uh, the the destitute and needy, and 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 you don't do anything, and your religion is worthless. Right, James says. Right, and they say James sounds like his brother. So yeah, and yeah. Isaiah. No, and Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Shall we continue then with the song? Sure. Psalm 112. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go all the way through 10. Oh, okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely. They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, that is the lot of the righteous, if we know anything, <laughs> other than Job and some other folks. Right. 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 This reminds me of when I used, when I first got married, and we lived in an apartment complex, and it was an extremely loud apartment complex near a university. Oh. And people would exalt their horns at night <laughs> and yell about partying. And well, I took up the practice of exalting my horn in the morning on the way to church. Because <laughs> being the righteous, I would say, yeah, let's go to church. Woo! <laughs> Because well, I'm such a good neighbor. In this case, their horn exalting an honor. Oh, it's a royal metaphor oh, okay, here. Right. So we're talking about yeah. kingship. Yeah, I'm just trying um, to play scripture. We're also, I know, I know. You're so, so religious. Yeah, live it. I think that's what Isaiah told us. That's, that's right. This is, uh, 112 is in book five. Uh, remember, our, our book of Psalms is actually. Okay, you um, don't divide Isaiah, but you do divide I do divide, divide the because Psalms. the Bible divides. Okay. It, right? right? I also divide Kings because okay. I have first and second Kings. Okay, Bible guy. And I have book one, book two, book three, book four, and cleverly titled book five. Or um, four book of Kings, depending on what. Bible well, well that's true. That's true. We would want to put those out who might be reading and that then a way. reboot in chronicle which <laughs> right. is not nearly as successful <laughs> much like spider-man um but we have this is in book five of the psalms which is uh an exilic book and these these books probably are are reflective of when they got composed so you know yeah. people will add songs to the songbook i mean you know as the set list gets yeah. bigger and bigger this is what mm-hmm. you know, eventually they've added these so these are probably post exilically coming together okay. maybe even coming together contemporary with jesus we don't know how long it took for the psalms to kind of get organized into the book that we have it now mm-hmm. but this is i think clearly a a, a post exilic one and in my church mm-hmm. adding songs to the hymnal yeah it's interesting because they do a lot of things by consensus. So we have a hymnal and a supplement to the hymnal. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't made the hymnal. Huh? Nothing's going to be taken out. And we got to agree on this. So <laughs> everything's there. And there's a supplement. And there's other things. <laughs> so it's not a revision. Wow. It's a supplement. <laughs> but I think this is speaking again into that into that time period when um, they don't have a king. Mm. They're longing for a king. Uh, in fact, Psalm 110, just a couple psalms before this, is a very royal psalm celebrating David and and David's line. 
And we're starting to see them, I think, begin to move into a more messianic expectation of kingship where early okay. in the Psalms, it's a little more concrete and you're talking yeah. about a ruling person. And then as at the end of the Psalms, it's a little more, we'll have a king who's going to be good, who's going to do what God wants, who's going to be the king we want. Um, and so I think that that's the time period we're dealing in. So a bit more and idealized sort of. In some ways, I think that's the, their horn is exalted with honor is that is, uh, okay. is a reference there personally um, when I see that. Um, but these are, again, the, the, the characteristics of God's people, right? The ones who um, rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They're gracious. They're merciful. They're righteous. They, they deal generously and lend. This they, doesn't mean when you get up, how early you get up. It is not. Okay. No, th- lucky for you, it is not. You're no. aiming at my head. With no, that. no, I'm not throwing at you. No. Um, again, we see that their hearts are firm. And remembering hearts are the, are the places you're making decisions from. So mm-hmm. they're, they're not wishy-washy in their in their uh in their decision making they're steady um and they don't have any cause to fear because they know that they've trusted in god and god's way is going to bring them uh success they've given to the poor their righteousness endures forever okay you know these people reflect god right and all they do yeah and so it's a hallelujah uh, song at the beginning praise the lord that's hallelujah call to praise uh-huh. uh, uh, there's several of those together here Nice. So again, echoing Isaiah. Nothing. Yes. Yeah, they're doing they're doing the right things. They're not just saying, right. they're not just praising, but they're doing concrete right. acts within the community. Yeah, and and even you know look around um, five and six where they conduct their affairs with justice. Their righteousness will never be moved. Justice and righteousness again, although they're different words in Hebrew. Yeah. We said they're the same words in Greek. Right. But they're in parallel. Yeah. Here with each other. Um, you know, it's well with those they remember forever. I mean, those those verses. And it's continue. nice how they're illustrated here by how their their actions, mm-hmm. their righteousness. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So again, it matters. You know, your faith is lived out. Yeah. Here, that's an important. Well, and then we're going to see about being a light. Light comes up uh, in Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. City set on a hill. It was in Isaiah too, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So. So I know we won't be able to catch these uh, common themes every week, but, right? But I think there's there's some intentionality there. Clearly, your light will break forth for the dawn. Yeah, you're a light for the upright. Yeah, and we'll get into the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything there that you want to talk about? Not as much. I mean, we have the fear of the Lord. Oh, one other thing that I can say: the happy issue at the at the beginning. Uh, the Hebrew word is ashray. It's actually the first word the Psalter. Oh, opens Rob, there's with. nothing here I want to talk about. But go ahead. You but go I'll ahead. keep talking. There are things <laughs> okay. I want to talk about. All right. Uh, ashray, uh, happy, or or sometimes mm-hmm. translated blessed. Yeah. Um, that it's not emotional in that sense. It's it's the same word. What's I've forgotten the word in Greek now. Makarios. Makarios. Yeah. yeah. That, how how do you go with it in Greek? I you know I've read too many things recently, and I feel like. <laughs> I like the Scottish one. Good on you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good on those who fear the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's Australian. That, yeah. that sounds Australian. Yeah. 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 We want to get letters from yeah. our large uh, Australian listening yeah. fan base right. that will criticize us for that. We'll break into that whole market. <laughs> but but again, it's, it's that sufficient, uh, blessed, content... I'm trying to think of a good word for it is there. And also that concept of fearing the Lord again, uh, again, remembering that f- notice how here too, it happens in Psalm 19, but fearing the Lord and his commandments are in parallel. Yeah. That Torah mm-hmm. and fear of God are the same thing okay. that when you fear God, and it's what I said in an early podcast, fear of God is a recognition of position. God is God. I'm not God. I will do what God has asked because he knows better for my life than I do. That is fear of the Lord. That's what the Torah is. Torah is okay. God knows better for humans' life. This is God's instruction for how to live life well, take care of the poor, take care of the orphan, lift them up, you know, do these things. So those those are in parallel. This is a uh, you know Hebrew poetry is defined by its connections and its 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 lines that often relate to one another. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times those lines are saying the exact same thing using different words. Those are called synonymous parallelisms. And so here you know we have. Fear of the Lord and commandments in parallel with one yeah. another, which is yeah. interesting because mm-hmm. it gives you a sense of what they're thinking. Those things are equal. Yeah, you, know? you can test out if mm-hmm. you're get, you, if you're getting off track. You, right. It's it's uh, 
It's redundant. Right. I mean, in a sense. I mean, all human communication is redundant because people want to be understood mm-hmm. and uh, get their point across. And but this mm-hmm. is a very, this is inherent in the genre, right? in the poetry. Very semantic parallelism as opposed to like phonetic parallelism, mm-hmm. more common in Western poetry. It's the yeah, sound. Sounds. So meaning, yeah, parallel meaning rather than parallel sound. The problem you get there is that Hebrew, like a lot of languages, is inflected. And so it's not hard to rhyme uh, yeah. when you have an inflected okay. language. All yeah. the masculine plural endings that's, sound like masculine yeah, plural that's endings. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, who, right. Who, see, in English, it's a little, we're not inflected yeah. language. You, you do clever rhyme Bit schemes. more of a challenge. And you go, oh, wow. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was just reflecting this week on the Hamilton uh, mixtape that Lynn manuel Miranda released after, oh, right. after he did Hamilton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rhyme scheme that he came up with in this hip-hop song for Puerto Rican was amazing oh, yeah, to me. Yeah, it's, me. Just, it's just this four or five rhymes that uh, if he if he can be a beacon, and I mean, it was just it was amazing the way that all worked through. Hmm. So yeah, so rhyming in English. Something about bacon. bacon too, I don't right? think bacon no? was in okay. there. No, it was yeah. beacon, not Something bacon. Something else. It was a different. Um, but the, this, yes, show. that was another. I'm sure it was another <laughs> hip hop song you were listening to about bacon. Yes, that's what I'm sure. That was, it was. Tasty P. <laughs> Yes, your street name. Tasty pork. <laughs> We're in the Old Testament. Let's not do pork right okay. now. Okay. Right. Um, but the, the in English, it's much more of a, a an artistic challenge yeah. to rhyme. Right. In Hebrew, it's not. So I always no. with the students, I always say they rhyme the meaning rather mm-hmm. than they rhyming yeah. the sound. Rhyming the and, yeah. and you can even see them do a, a really clever. Uh, synonymous parallelism with a chiasmus. How That'd about be a good this? name for a podcast, Rhyming Syn- the Meaning. Rhyming the Meaning? I would think synonymous parallelism with chiasmus was what you that were thinking. Be- I think that would be a more targeted we'll audience. We'll test those out. Yeah. With focus. <laughs> we'll the focus groups, both the literature professors we're from We're still shopping. <laughs> I think we settled right okay. on being in church. Okay. But look at what happens in 7 and 8. Where they're not afraid of evil tidings, their hearts are firm and secure in the Lord. Then the, you open in verse eight, their hearts are steady; yeah. they will not be afraid. So you have, mm-hmm. it's a synonymous parallelism. Right. They're saying the same thing, but it's also it's a chiasmus also, where it's a b b a inverted parallelism. Yeah, an inverted like statement. Abba always used to do. The <laughs> sensational singing group. I don't know that Abba themselves did. Oh, no? They did chiasmus, did I, they? Maybe I'm reading too much into the I name. I think you I might be reading know. a little much into it. Anyway. Oh my god. You know, it's not an essential that we agree on that. Okay, well, agree to disagree, right? Fact agree check. To mostly false. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start with agree to disagree. Yeah. There's there's a podcast. That's what we say you. right before we turn on the mics. All right. Agree to disagree. Okay. Yeah. So now is there anything you'd like to talk about? I've no, talked about that a few was other that things. was the stuff I secretly <laughs> wanted to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. What do you want? Do you want the gospel you know or do you want... Surprise me. Surprise. Well, let's finish with uh, Matthew because... Oh, we're not finished, but okay. Let, let's finish with the Matthew text. Okay. Uh, so let's do Corinthians first. Oh, finish with... I see. Okay. Yeah. So let's do First uh, Corinthians 2. Right. Um, do you want me to go all the way to 16? Sure. Okay. Uh, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. Um, he's already, this is the second time he's tried this, but we already have decided he has lofty words in wisdom. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, we'll move on. Um, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my, pro- yes, yes, Paul seems a timid fellow. My speech hmm, and yeah. my proclamation were not with plausible words of yeah. wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power. Very mellow. Yes. Chill. So that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? 
Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So also, no one comprehends. <laughs> let's, let's go with that. <laughs> what is truly God's except the Spirit of God? Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. That's where he was going. Probably a chiasm in there. (laughs) Sure. And we speak of these things in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Pretty empty word without the word spirit there. Mm. Uh, Those who are unspiritual don't receive the gifts of God's spirit, for they are foolishness to them. And they're unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. All right, let's break up into groups and see if we can find any keywords that are repeated. There. Remember what I said about people being redundant because they want to be understood? Wow. Is it being redundant again? Well, a lot of spirit there. <laughs> There's a lot of spirit lot of and spirit. wisdom. Yes. See, where I came from, and uh, I came from a, um, you know, a very traditional, Georgia. conservative, Southern Baptist upbringing. Okay. And in that, and not, I would not say not so much there, but in my time when I was in Mississippi, um, I was at a small, I went to a small Baptist college in Mississippi and, and there were a number of sort of non-traditional students there who were working in ministry, who came into our religion department to, to get a degree and, and get some, uh, I would say to get education, but they were there to get a degree. Okay. And, um, that one of, yeah, one of the things that they would quote when they wanted to downplay the value of education was verse two. Uh, that they don't want to know oh, anything really? but Christ crucified. Okay. And that's all they need to know. If yeah. they just know Christ crucified, then that's that's it. They don't need to go and take, you know, intro to New Testament or learn fancy words like chiasm or And if they didn't get a good grade on that essay, that, then they would talk like the rest would, of Paul. And say, <laughs> no, what I said is really good. Let me just explain it to you. Yeah, they just wanted to know Christ. So that was oh, a justification okay. for ignorance. Oh, okay. that once you once you learned that word, then you didn't have to learn any other well, words. Well, yeah, if, if they knew what that meant that okay yeah but that's not this that's probably that's not, not a, that's not paul's Paul justification for ignorance I, that's all probably i want to know probably not ignorance but something else change a tire because i just want to know christ crucified yeah i'm worthless around the house because i'm so spiritual <laughs> so yeah so i would ask you first huh. unpack that i'm gonna entertain that reading but i'm not sure I'm, you wouldn't prioritize that reading disagree again. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds lazy, actually. It sounded very lazy to me, too. As I found wonderful devotion that came out of studying, they found (laughs) nothing but toil. and. um, Well, you know, some really good students can come and and just want to get an A or get a degree. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, I I really wanted to have a conversation, and I really wanted you to learn, learn, not just check this box of, of learning sort of thing. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think what's probably uh, going on here is a continuation of what he's talking about, the foolishness of this world and the uh, the ways of God mm-hmm. that this uh, community is going to reflect. And it went so well last week with the uh, readings, all the readings working together in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. This this upside down world and yeah. community that's reflecting God's character somehow. And so he started talking about the foolishness, the th- things that are foolish included last week, previously on reading <laughs> church, uh, the foolishness of the cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the foolishness of the, the ch- those chosen, the Galatians, you know, not mm-hmm. many of you were uh, high status or nobly born, Romans. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. No Corinthians. Uh, we didn't yeah. know what book we're in. Yeah, we were in First Corinthians. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to work through Corinthians. So we're in Corinthians 1. Okay. So the foolishness of the cross, the foolishness of uh, the Corinthians themselves, the, the selections, they're, they're not like anyone's um, early drafts. Maybe they're undrafted, okay, <laughs> right. by other teams, okay? Yeah. Uh, and now it's Paul. Paul, when he came to them, he was foolish in, in his uh, – he's not impressive. Right. Mm-hmm. He knows rhetoric, but he might not be as impressive as other rhetoricians. And uh, so he's talking about foolish things. And the third one would be himself. And he, he talks about that from time to time in his presentation, mm-hmm. his uh, his means of uh, persuasion and communication and his uh, 
maybe not being as impressive as, well, other apostles they're yeah. chasing after like Apollos. Yeah. So as I think we said in another podcast, if you read this through Acts, he's just come from uh, Athens. Mm-hmm. And some people say, well, he tried that wisdom stuff, right, that smart, right. book, fancy book learning in Athens, and that didn't work. So this is his new approach, uh, which is probably not the case no. either. Uh, the, this, these might not be quite as um, back-to-back. The planting of the church uh, in proximity to his, his leaving Athens. But here, this is an ongoing correspondence. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. uh, when First Corinthians was was written. He was there for some time, and they had an ongoing correspondence. So, um, yeah. So he points to himself as a uh, an example, kind of a. Uh, he bears the characteristics of this upside down kingdom, and and who God chooses, and how God uses them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think we probably mentioned that they are they are mixing in some um, ideals mm-hmm. from. Greek culture and Greek mystery religions mm-hmm. that might um, value both wisdom and eloquence, but also understand them as a means to salvation, or yeah. or part of that uh, um, part of the, the that wisdom that comes and gives you a revelation that sets you apart from others, and, and that secret, that secret, yeah. special, hidden right. kind yeah. of wisdom that you got to be on the inside to learn the handshake yeah. for. A lot of that language in the second half of our reading here yeah. is probably. Quoting back their own language, but with a uh, a Christian kind of like, oh, you want to talk in those terms? Well, we can talk in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as though there's no wisdom and there's no uh, mystery or or secret nature, or or there's not people who are mature and understand it. But it's not like you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. So he's there's a hint of irony, but he's not saying that those things don't exist. But it's. Uh, it's probably overlooked or uh, discarded as foolishness by your standards and by by the world standards by which you seem to be embracing mm-hmm. in your uh, your new fad you're chasing after. So yeah, that is uh, it's a continuation of its thought, and it's a lot of a adaptation, probably adoption of this language of uh, um, this whole the whole second half about this. The mystery and the uh, well, who, uh, the who knows are, what's wise and who doesn't, right? The people who have the spirit of God can judge the God things. Mm-hmm. You guys have the spirit of people, so you can only judge people things. Um, but we've got the spirit of God, so this is a God judgment, right? right? And and it is a spiritual thing. It's a spirit thing, as he quotes, and I don't have the I don't have the reference here. Two nine, what? And I think he changes the quote slightly. What no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the human heart conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's one of the prophets. Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't I know. Don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's jither on the spot with these, these quotes. These quotations. I can look it up quickly just reading if you'd like me to try. No, that's okay. Okay. It's just, I just know that he's, uh, he's quoting their language. He's quoting scripture back to them. It's not as though um, these things uh, are hidden, but they're hidden like in plain sight because it's mm-hmm. foolishness or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, it, and, and he also doesn't want to, uh, he's kind of critiquing them. He doesn't want to say those things they're enthusiastic for spiritual things right. and gifts yeah. and, and, and knowledge. Those are things they've probably got from him the fruit when he's planting the church. He's yeah. enthusiastic for spiritual gifts. He says he didn't come with these persuasive things, but he came with demonstration of, of spirit and power. I noticed that too when you were talking when, when we was rereading it this first time. Uh, those who are unspiritual don't receive the gifts of God's spirit for their foolishness mm, to them. Verse fourteen, and yeah, that that it, it immediately triggered in me. Well, that's where we're headed, right? Yeah. We're going to twelve yeah. to fourteen mm-hmm. here, yeah. and and so he's wanting to. Well, you're not going to get God's gifts if you don't understand that, you know, that their foolishness in this. Yeah, yeah, and they're using them. As he announced in the first chapter, they're using them in a uh, very uh, human-centered way, in a way mm-hmm. that separates people off from each other. Right. Their division. This some of this language that he's using for spiritual mature and uh, or immature and mature, spiritual and unspiritual are actually that's actually their language. He doesn't normally use that language. You don't find that in his other letters. Mm-hmm. That's probably him reappropriating their language and trying to salvage some good out of that. Okay. A little hint of irony, critique in how he's adopting their language. 
but he is sharing some common ground with them. He says, we could talk in these terms. These are kind of mm-hmm. foreign ways to think about it because certainly we don't want to separate ourselves off or, or anyone who has the spirit. There's not like spiritual Christians and carnal Christians. If you have the spirit, mm-hmm. um, then you are a new creation in Christ. So though he shifts into we language, notice he's saying we have received, we have not received the Mm -hmm. spirit of the world, uh, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. There are some commentators to talk about uh, we um, apostles and church planners as opposed to you guys, but I don't think that that's what he's saying. He's saying uh, it's not a, a us and them sort of thing within the church, but it's a it's those who have received God's spirit as, as opposed to the world. Yeah, well, that's where the they are the ones who crucified him, mm-hmm. right? And the they, yeah. that's the them in here. Yeah. And then we seem to, I, I yeah. would be with you, I would yeah. favor your reading. We seems to be the ones who have received God's spirit. I think that that makes a much coherent message from, yeah, from the, se- the second half of our reading there from eight mm-hmm. on. So the they are the outsiders, and we are, we are all on the same page here. We've received the spirit of God. Uh, so it's foolish for us in a, in a negative kind of way to uh, separate ourselves off or to have this party spirit or um, separate off into factions, right? Yeah. So like Paulus or Cephas or Paul. Or- and these are the kind of spiritual gifts he, he's really going to talk about in, in 12 and 14 of the later in the letter, uh, knowledge and wisdom and this kind of uh, uh, insight and, uh, that, that God gives, but, but for the building up of the church, not mm-hmm. for the, the uh, the uh, boasting or exalting yourself. yourself or your yeah. your group your clique, yeah, yeah. So knowing nothing but Christ crucified is not an excuse to not study. Is that what you're telling? No, me? I mean oh, these people are it. zealous for wisdom and knowledge, and that is good. And so he can say he knows nothing but Christ crucified, but there's this wisdom and this power and this knowledge that comes in Christ crucified. That's mm. not. That that is no small thing. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that is no small thing. That is uh, uh, also it's an oxymoron. I mean, for most for, from a Jewish perspective, the Christ crucified. Yeah, Christ yeah. crucified. Christ crucified. That yeah. makes no sense. The Messiah. They right. been, they were longing for. Yeah, the Messiah who's going to come and in, bring in peace the text, and be right? the ideal king. Crucified. Right. That makes yeah, that's, that's jumbo shrimp. That we makes no s- sense oh. at all yes. in that regard. So once I understand that oxymoron, uh-huh. then then we'll, we'll yeah. be. Then yeah. I'll have wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. So this is a pretty thoroughly developed argument. You know, he yeah. does use, he even uses rhetorical, uh, technical language here. So, so they know he knows good rhetoric, but he's not about, it's not used to impress people. And he may not be impressive. Uh, I'm not sure to the degree to which he's not impressive or that's just a, a tap he takes here, although there are some I'm other letters. I'm not impressive, and then yeah. he, he uses this amazing argument. Yeah. Kind of, I'm not impressive. When he says they're not impressive either, <laughs> and that may not be so much um, really giving us a lot of insight about Corinth, although it, it may because there's some some of that comes from the text he's quoting, uh, um, he's taking up mm-hmm. their language and also um, some biblical text. So yeah, you got to qualify this. We don't, we don't know everything. It's hard to get, know everything through a letter. Well, yeah, we're hearing one side of a cell phone conversation, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so some of it you can get, but some of it, we have no idea what the reference is. Yeah. So that's harder. Those who are spiritual, uh, discern all things and they are, they are themselves subject to no one else's scrutiny. Now I forget what that might be about, whether that's a, a Paul thing about being judged by people or, or mm. not. But I, I don't know that he would go there. He's really he's really including them uh, and not setting himself apart. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So we can know what God's about. Yeah. And it doesn't things that, look right to the world. There's no way to, to know these things by human standard, by mm-hmm. human means, or even the most exalted and eloquent and powerful, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says, no, these things are only known by God. And uh, he, he, he quotes uh, the scripture back there in nine and then uses some psychology that maybe we had to keep going through uh, as we were reading through it. It's like, yeah. what? The, it's some, some dense reasoning here. But it is to say, that, no, there's some extraordinary things we learn through uh, uh, this seemingly foolish uh, act of uh, crucifixion and resurrection and, and then the pouring out of the spirit. Wow. Uh, we don't have to chase after 
these other things. Okay. Yeah. Things that uh, the the powerful and the uh, the exalted in this world they in that world they were thought to be knowledgeable right and and all these things they're striving after well those people crucified yeah. Jesus so they don't know okay. anything yeah yeah what do they know right what do they know that would have been a shorter way of getting at the point fall <laughs> well what do they know yeah. So, are you ready for Matthew five thirteen twenty again? Again, yes. Yeah. We lost we lost this section of our podcast. It was a great conversation. It was great, brilliant, actually. You know the album American Idiot. Someone came in and hooked it when they were done, and so they just recorded a whole new, different album. No kidding. That's is, that's almost what happened here. I think the takeaway here is that I, one of us is an American idiot, <laughs> or at least at least one. Challenge. Let's, let's just go ahead and, and open that's, that up to the possibility. That's the there, only overlap. There could be others there. Um, yeah. All right, Matthew five thirteen through 20. It's a very familiar passage. It is. Uh, you are the salt of Timeless. the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. And then I think I said something clever about throwing salt out in the Midwest. And, oh, that's. I think that's right. It's coming yeah. back to us now. Now, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. Maybe it wasn't that clever. But it wasn't. Yeah, no, but no, you know right. what? I think we're going to do better this okay. time. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So oh, I, I told you yeah. before, and I'll say it again, this this passage always triggers me from my Hebrew class because oh, yeah, yeah. when I was taking Hebrew with Dr. Laird, I always struggled with the vocab for city and light because light is or and city is ear. Yes. And they're spelled totally differently, but homophonetically, is that a word? Homophonetically? I just make that up. The sound of them yeah, yeah. is close enough that in my mind yes. it caused problems. I, had, I do that a lot with languages. And and so I don't know how many times I did. So my so my best friend, uh, Brian, who's now a pastor, um, would always tease me about, um, you're the city of the world. A light on a hill can't be hit. No one puts a city <laughs> under a bushel basket. Um, always tormenting me he with that. He just did that off the cuff. He did. Okay. He did. And, and right. Dr. Laird at one point called me out. I'll never forget. Someone got stuck on the word and he goes, no, wait. I want Robert to tell us okay. what this word means. Teachable moment. I got it wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, no. That's, you know, what are you going to do? I think I asked you but, about lobster fishermen at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, who said that? No. Is that your nemesis you always not, tell me about? It was not my And then I, my I made a plea to lobster fishermen who might be listening to the podcast that we're not talking about them. <laughs> we had half a chance to revisit that and not let it back in the podcast. It's, and a, it's back. It came back in again. Yeah. So, no, hardy, I'm a harder. I just, no words. My, Thrown away. Not my nemesis that said that. Okay, that just to clarify. Um, but we do have the the salt. So continuing on. First of all, can salt lose its saltiness? I don't know yeah, how that happens. Yeah, we were happens. talking about that. Now, one one source I read said uh, salt from the Dead Sea, the lowest point in the uh, in Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, has so many minerals in it that you could actually. It's not. It's not pure salt, so you could leach out salt. Now, but there's a lot of crazy uh, explanations of hyperbole that Jesus uses, and Mm -hmm. that might be one. Right. Because salt losing its saltiness is like might might be incomprehensible. You know, what is what's certainly if it's possible, it's certainly worthless. Uh, Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. 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 We're agreed. But it might be it might be. uh, You need to call us something else. A starting point (laughs) to show something of how absurd that that can never happen. But if it did, you know, what how worthless would it be? Mm -hmm. Um, Like trying to hide a city. Like trying to hide a city. A hill would not be a good place. <laughs> no, no, they'd see it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. A city, but even, even, you know, before electricity. And if you put your lamp under a bushel basket, wouldn't the bushel basket burst into flames? I think that that's a hazard. I, I think that, that is a be, fire hazard, isn't it? I think it says that on the side of lamps now. Do not put, <laughs> Do not put a lamp under a bushel basket. <laughs> Underwriter's laboratory. Little sticker. <laughs> Yeah, always cut not, that off the Not meant the to be used for under bushel baskets. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't put these stickers on here. 
<laughs> so cumbersome. Oh. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be uh, be dangerous and uh, not be effective okay. in terms of illumination. So what what is happening here? Well, he is. Well, I I think this is coming out of the um, Beatitudes, mm-hmm. the beginning of these this long sermon. And I don't know if you've read ahead like I have. He's going to get into some of the commandments right after <laughs> sure, this. Sure, sure. More on that next week, <laughs> which is actually now. Um, but he is talking about well, okay. What what caught my attention is that we had this discussion when we were in the Beatitudes about how do you read this? Do you read this as a personal ethic? Do you read this as uh, an impossible personal, personal ethic? Mm-hmm. Do you read this as uh, only for a, t- a little time back then or only for a little time in the future? Mm-hmm. This seems to be using examples of saying this is this, this is, is now. now and people should be able to see this. Yeah. If you're doing what I'm saying in this sermon I'm talking about yeah. and I'm not finished with, people will notice this. Yeah. So, And, and uh, our colleague, our, our historian colleague likes to point out verse 16 in particular is a Roman I mean, a Roman concept. Ah, yes. That notion that yes. that if you let your light shine before others, they will see your good works and give glory to your Father. That, right. That, that's the right. the paterfamilias. That that everything that you do is a reflection on the Father of the household. Yeah. Yes. And, and so this is not. It's my life. I'll do what I want. No, no, no. You you make the house look yes. bad. Right. You make the your actions reflect directly upon. Yeah. The Father. And that's what he's drawing on to this crowd, who's going to be completely familiar with this culture. Right. right? And no right. notion of that. Yeah. Yeah, like today an analogy might be, after you spike the football and do your dance, then you point heavenward, because it's all about God. <laughs> 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 if the camera's still on you. Well, sure. Maybe it's sure. not. Maybe that's not the best illustration. I don't illustration. think that's the best illustration. I think probably the Godfather would be a much better illustration, okay. but, but it, we'll, we'll do whatever. Yeah, it's, it's a, this is a communal thing. This is a community that's shaped by God's character and... Uh, to forget that is will make it uh, will make this a very difficult sermon mm. to to understand, let alone mm. live live out. Right. Yeah. So these are this is a this is a community that's being formed and being described in a way that's going to be evident and and different, mm. a, a light in darkness and uh, um, evident to all. A city set on the hill, even as we um, use that sort of example today to talk mm-hmm. about an example for others. So, right. yeah, letting your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Yeah, it's not about your glory. It's not about you receiving glory for this, right? It's about it's about you doing something which then honors God yes. by your actions. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the orientation. And to carry that into the rest of the sermon, I think, I think will be helpful. Okay. So, as he's going to get into specifically commandment by commandment, he, he prefaces that with 17. Do not think that mm-hmm. I've come to abolish the law mm-hmm. or the prophets. I've come not mm-hmm. to abolish, but to fulfill. So this is a nice hinge between old and new and a good for a conversation where sure. I can ask, you know, how do you read that as an Old Testament sure. professor? Because, um, you know, when I teach it by myself, I have to speak for you and I have to characterize... <laughs> I actually use this in yeah, my class. Yeah, you probably use this, and I, I do. Yeah, I, do. And I, I, use, I, I, use, I use the Old Testament sometimes. As a, <laughs> as a, uh, I always say whenever I make an old, a New Testament reference, make sure that Dr. Mason and Dr. McKeever heard, heard that I, yeah. I use the New Testament today. Um, Especially Dr. Mason. Yeah, right. But no, verse 17 is one that I use, 17, 18. Um, when I, and I use that, and then I'll pull passages from James and from Romans and from Galatians and particularly the Romans and Galatians ones, which tend to emphasize that the, the law is abolishing. And, oh, and Ephesians, too, where that he yeah. set aside the law. Um, and and so what I, I asked the students, so so what am I supposed to do, right? I mean, oh, it's yeah, sort yeah. of a group exercise for them to hard. kind of talk through, you know, here's some different passages of Scripture. We've just cherry-picked the word law. It's this yeah. says this here, this mm-hmm. says this here. What am I, you know, I had a sausage biscuit this morning. Is that a problem? I mean, it's a problem because I'm allergic to pork. But is it a problem because sausage isn't kosher? Have I have I sinned? Was there cheese on it too? There was not. It's well, there, really if there had been bad. cheese, I'd really been bad. Yeah. yeah. But the um, you know I need to know is is this if, if I sinned? And and so they kind of talk through this issue to try to get them to think more about how we're thinking about the law. And there and, might be an issue, but not a legal issue. That's right. By knowing your allergies. <laughs> yeah, knowing my allergies are oh, certainly an issue. Yeah. But the the um, the way we I sort of land with them is that that salvation has always been about grace, and the way you respond to salvation has always been our charge. So, so God 
um, Ephesians, or excuse me, Exodus 20, when he starts the, the Ten Commandments, is, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now have no other gods before me, right? So, so the Ten Commandments are the way in which you show that you are a redeemed people. Yeah. And, and the other laws yeah, are the way true. you show that you are a redeemed people. Well, we get a much shorter Torah in the New Testament, which is love God with everything you have and love your neighbor, which is exactly the same as loving your neighbor as yourself. And I always tell them that's the same charge. It's the, you yeah. do that to show that you are a redeemed people. That's right. the, you know, that you have been saved. And so there are still laws that I think absence culture, absent of culture still show love of God and love of neighbor. So, you know, don't murder your neighbor. Don't yeah. have adultery. Those, those are ways to show love of neighbor. Um, and then there are some like Sabbath observance um, that we have moved from Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've said the dietary restrictions, thanks to acts, aren't ways in which now that you can show love. Although I would argue that being a Christian in uh, say, for example, a Muslim country yeah. where there are dietary restrictions might be a place where you could follow dietary rules and still, and that would be a way of showing love of God and love of neighbor. And, and yeah, and especially of your neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Which is the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Which Jesus says. Right. So the, uh, so for me, what, what Jesus is doing when I read the, the Sermon on the Mount is getting at what he was trying to, what God was trying to make clear in the Old Testament that was missed by Israel and that is that it's not the form of the law that's important, but but the spirit of the law, the character of God. Yeah. That within that culture, these character that they show characteristics that he's about to unpack and reveal here as well. So he's trying to get at the meaning of the law. Uh, yeah, the form is changing. As you as you're talking about this, for some reason my mind is drifting back to how people read uh, a syllabus. Uh, <laughs> and how we have to constantly re- re- revise it because there's ways of reading around it. Mm-hmm, and the, mm-hmm. Ah, gotcha. Ah, I see the weakness of this. Yes. I'll, I'll, uh, here will be my strategy. And yeah. then we have to rewrite it. It's like, mm-hmm. certainly we don't mean that. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. As never underestimate our abilities to get around. The, oh, well, yeah. You know, I, I joke with the students at times that when, when you look in the Old Testament in Jeremiah and in Job's case, both of them curse the day they were born. And I always okay. point out that the reason you curse the day you were born is because it's forbidden by Torah to curse God or your parents. The punishment oh. is death. Oh. But you can curse the day you were born and implicate both God and your parents. So, I mean, never <laughs> underestimate okay. our is ability right? to get around is that the what rules. that means? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we're wow. really good at that. that day. What a day that was. Yeah. Curse you that day. Yeah. That, Talking about the day, mom and dad. Yeah, right. The day mom heard that I was born. And <laughs> yes, dad if you was, threw that in the face of your parents, that would yeah. be, they'd know where you're, <laughs> exactly. what the target was. So we're was. great at getting around the rules, and yeah. Jesus is trying to keep that from happening. That's why I always you know, say that. We it's, like, always, it's like the old teaching your children not to swear, and, the, and they see how many times they can right. use the swear word in the discussion about not swearing. Right. <laughs> Right. Is this just my kids? I think that could just be your kids, but uh, really, yeah. With my with my wife, you know, yeah. the rule about swearing. You know, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's a theoretical. I mean, not, not. And now I can find out if she actually listens to the podcast. Okay. So, yeah. So there's a there's a whole uh, tradition of those kinds of readings and getting around it, and that that makes more sense of some of the commandments he's going to get specifically into mm-hmm. in twenty one mm-hmm. following. Uh, it makes more sense of. Um, like, oh, there's this whole tradition of swearing, mm-hmm. uh, how you get around it, and this gradations of what you swear by, just like you t- talked yeah. about. That yeah. starts very early and, and is de- pretty fully developed in the first century, the crowd that Jesus is interacting with. Well, you know, we t- don't take the name of the Lord in vain, so we, we've gone with gosh, right? Yeah. So gosh is where you go. If you don't you know, if you don't believe in gosh, you end up going to heck. <laughs> yeah. Most people don't know God, that. Gosh is going to damn you to heck. Did <laughs> yeah. I say damn? I mean, <laughs> darn you to heck. Sorry, excuse me. This is trying to give this a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> That's so, safe. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it's not it's a it's not an abolishment of the law. It's not it's it's a continuation of that story. It's a uh, continuing to strive to create that community that mm-hmm. reflects God's mm-hmm. character, not the character of getting around these things with footnotes and mm-hmm. and and gotcha readings of of uh, God's commandments. And and to be a teacher of these things, but uh, Matthew's such a teacher, and Jesus is mm-hmm. such a consummate teacher in this. And then the Great Commission involves teaching these sorts of things. I can't imagine what that would have. I mean, he's already reversed what they were expecting in the in the Beatitudes, which would you know the, those who are poor in spirit are blessed, 
Because, yeah. no, obviously those who are rich, you've got, he misspoke, right? Because obviously those who are rich in spirit are blessed, Jesus, yeah. not the, you missed that one. Yeah. Um, no, no, those are the poor in spirit. Because you would have thought, scribes and Pharisees, they're rich in so spiritual things. They're the ones who yeah. are blessed. No, no, Jesus says the, the poor in spiritual things are the ones who are blessed. And then, verse 20, he, he reverses it and says, because, you know, unless you're any more righteous than well, yeah. the scribes and Pharisees, you're right. gonna, you don't got a shot. And. I mean, so he's reversed it and then talks about exceeding it. This this would have been hard yeah, on those ears. This would have been hard. You know, they would have yeah. really struggled with this. Yeah, I think. Yeah, trying to. I am so <laughs> obviously they yeah. would have. <laughs> compre- comprehension and then envisioning, living it out. There's a, there's some hard things about this, but knowing more about the context and knowing that we do shift gears mm-hmm. in a normal conversation when you have a, a shared presuppositions yeah um, i mean and getting them to the point that the rich in spirit are blessed or the poor in spirit are blessed because the people who are rich in the spiritual things are so focused on the form yes they have missed the substance right and that that's that what we're looking for here is someone who can exceed yes. in the substance of the spiritual things and what he's gonna he's gonna unpack that in terms of specific commandments that get his interpretation that gets to the heart of them right yeah and that's the that's exceeding um, there are people who probably have a very elaborate external form of righteousness mm-hmm. that that uh, needs to be exceeded because mm-hmm. it's actually not righteousness. It's not righteousness or justice. And it doesn't commend justice. you to God. It's not what God is looking for. Um, not right. all those sacrifices. You well, know. in Amos 5, right? Yeah. That's the whole mm-hmm. Amos 5 passage. Your, mm-hmm. your sacrifices stink. Isaiah I mean, 58. You actually are yeah. being faithful in your worship. But you're being unfaithful because it doesn't come out of a heart of justice. It doesn't yeah. come out of a heart that reflects my character. So I have no. Right. I mean, that's the prophets who are concerned about the character as opposed to the form. So it's not like it's any different than what Jesus is no, saying here. This right? is the message, a, Old Testament, New Testament is the same. It's a, ma- a message of radical continuity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How's that? Yes. It's not, you know, God hasn't changed between the Old and New Testament. And yeah. God's expectations oh, haven't changed. Don't we deal with that so much? The, the God time. of the Old Testament. Oh, my I God. have to start. I say, hey, by the way, let's get rid of some caricatures of the Old Testament as yeah. we start reading read our New Testament. Yeah. yeah. God is gracious. God is unilaterally gracious. You can't earn your way into his favors. He's just going to lavish it on you. He's going to expect you to uh, reflect his character. <laughs> yeah. You know, and this is a, that story is a grace-filled story. This is a continuation of that grace-filled mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And, and I do the same thing and try to help them it, you know, when we hear the occasion out of which it comes, you hear it better, right? When you know yeah. what Mike and Amos are dealing with, yeah. and you hear that, you can you can actually see that grace. When you see Exodus, you can actually see that. But but it's it's easier, I think, in the New Testament. You you can get, you know, the prodigal son story it doesn't yeah. take quite as much work uh, on the outside to hear yeah. hear occasion. You can hear it a little easier than you can, you know, the Syro Ephraimite crisis and early. Right. <laughs> and early yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah some, see, I've had a father listen, and a brother. I think I get this. I, I'm yeah. following that. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little harder when you know, yeah. the military is coming yeah. and I'm trying to make a point. Yes. But okay. Yes. I'll struggle through yeah. that. Yeah. It can be complicated to but yeah. dip into those texts. All right. So that's good to know that, you know, it's not that. You know, everybody changes when they have a kid. So God, <laughs> that's God's right. new in the yeah, he's so <laughs> He's so different now. Wow. So nicer. <laughs> right? Yes. I get that question. But, you know, old, as soon as someone finds I, out I'm an Old Testament professor, oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's 30 yeah. seconds Outside in. of school. I mean, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. so I teach Old Testament. Okay. Really? I have a question. Yeah. Why is God so what mean in the Old Testament? That? Yeah. Always. And, and I have to... I feel like I'm his PR agent. It's like, well, he's not really mean. You may have misunderstood some of the things he said. <laughs> Take it out of context there. So, <laughs> I have those same conversations about Paul. Oh, yeah. Although less so. But I would yeah. think you would have more of them with Revelation. <laughs> well, that too, yeah. If you're willing yeah. to talk about Revelation, yeah. you probably don't. Yeah, but Paul's like that. a lightning rod for a lot of people's oh, really? emotions. Like, what is wrong with him? Why is he so oh, angry? Oh. Why does he hate women? Why does he hate women? That's right. Know. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he doesn't. Because it not be true. <laughs> that's why. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. Great. Since right. it's not true. Good stuff. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for listening and uh, have a great week. Have a great week.